And in that moment, I was like, I can't start this relationship off this way. I really need to get better at deciding to create a business that can support my family life and not the other way around. Welcome back again to another episode of the Confident Mompreneur Podcast where we talk to real women from around the globe about real-life difficulties and triumphs in momhood, business, relationships, health, and more. I'm your host, Kiri, ready to give you real actionable advice to help you become the best, most confident version of you in all areas of your life. Let's get into it. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thanks so much for hopping on with me today. Well, welcome on today, Allison. I am so excited to have you here. We've kind of already been chatting before we hopped on, and she had some amazing things to say already. So I am so excited to have you on. Do you want to just start us out? by introducing yourself a little bit about what you do, who you are, your family, all of those good things. Yeah, of course. First of all, thank you so much for carving out some time during your day to just chat with me. Um, I love, um, you know, making a new friend on a podcast. So this is exciting stuff. Um, But my name's Allison Caffrey. I am an operations strategist for small business owners. Um, I've had my service business operations agency for almost six years now, which is so crazy. Uh, mostly what I do is I partner with founders to streamline the backend operations of their business so their business feels more peaceful to run and a little bit easier to scale. Um, I've been doing that, um, again, for the past six years. And um, about three years into my business, we had our very first little one. Uh, My son, Frank, was born. Um, And then just 17 short months later, uh, my second little boy was born. His name is Jack. And um, we were really... Um, intentional about having them so close together. We really wanted to have them be like built-in best friends. And so we knew that this was going to be a challenging time for our little small growing family. Um, And I don't think we knew just how challenging. Um, So over the two years and two maternity leaves, um, I learned so much about how wonderful it is to be a mom and be a business owner. And I have recently developed a ton of fun resources and I've been having a lot of fun conversations um, with moms and business owners who just want to make that exciting process a little bit simpler, I guess, is is really like the main way that I can place that. Um, I, uh, you know, we moved from Nashville when I was pregnant with my second all the way to Eastern Pennsylvania and coupled with growing a business, growing a family and moving, you know, halfway across the country, we've had our hand in a lot of crazy things. And uh, my systems brain just, um, you know, was on kind of systems overload (laughs) transparently. Um, So we've done a lot of really cool things in the last few years. And um, yeah, I'm uh, super, super pumped for what's ahead. That is a lot to go through all at one time. I can't believe like trying to run your business and having two kids so close in age and moving and doing all of the things. Um, I'm sure you were a little bit overwhelmed, but you talked about the systems kind of and how your brain 
exactly things that were most difficult during that time and what were some of the things that were most helpful to you during that time? Yeah, great question. I think that for me, one of the things that was most helpful was actually my schedule and my routine. Um, My husband and I joke all the time that we don't have to have the same schedule, but we have to have a schedule, right? So it could change literally every day. But having something that we can lean on that shows us that we're prioritizing the really important things, you know, like eating healthy and moving our bodies and getting enough sleep and spending enough time with the family, working on the business to drive the things forward that we want to drive forward. Because I think what happens is, is that, you know, when we don't get intentional about what we're doing and set those priorities, the day just takes a hold of us from the ankles and the wrists, and it just drags us right on through. And I know a lot of moms who feel like they are just kind of stuck stuck in this day that like happens to them because they can't control anything around their kiddos and the way they're behaving and what times they're waking up and what foods they will and won't eat. And I always joke with um, my clients that you have to control the controllables, right? And so for me, that's the way that I structure my schedule. That's the way that I show up as a parent, the way I show up as a professional. And I get to let my kids show up however they want to show up, which is the challenging piece, right? You have to be there fully present to be able to show up very patiently with your children. Um, But those were the things that were challenging. But what we did, I think, really well in the very beginning was we isolated them as the variables because they just need so many different things that you can't even possibly try to control, that you need to just try to control the environment and then let them do their crazy thing, (laughs) right? That is so true. Kids are like (laughs) the most uncontrollable thing ever. As much as we would like to try and think, you know, even when we have like those good schedules with our kids, there are so many things like they could just wake up on the wrong side of the bed that morning and it could drill loop into everything for us. Um, But I think what you said about the schedule not being the same every day, but still having some sort of schedule or something to fall back on is super helpful so that you don't feel like the day is just happening to you. Like you said, I think that is huge. What are some of the things that you would schedule into your day and make sure get done no matter what kind of craziness comes with the kids or otherwise? (laughs) Yeah. So my morning routine is like the the godsend of every single day. I think when I start to consider, you know, filling up my reservoir of patience and grace and all the things that you need, right, to be able to draw from when you are, you know, one-on-one with your kiddos and really spending that quality time. And, you know, if somebody's sick or if somebody's having a bad day, um, my morning routine is where I draw a lot of that energy. So I safeguard that with my life. Um, I know that things that I do in my days that prevent me from waking up early, I need to chop those off the block first because they take from the well of patience that I have with my children. And that is just something that I'm unwilling to sacrifice. So one of the biggest things 
that we do is we'll do our morning routine. So I wake up at around 4.45. My kids get up at 7 a.m. And it's funny, I actually posted this on social media recently and I had a mom DM me and she was like, my you know son gets up at five o'clock in the morning. I can't get up earlier than he gets up. And this is a really big challenge for me. Like, what should I do? And I told her, I was like, well, does your son like to read? And she was like, yeah, actually he loves to read. And so I was like, what we do with our son, Frank, is we say, hey, listen, Frank, if you wake up in the morning and you want to read a book, you can do that. So he's got like some books by his bed and he sits in there and we frequently hear him chatting with himself, you know, doing whatever. But we know that when we get up out of bed, it's at 7 a.m., right? Because we safeguard that time. I get a ton of stuff done in the morning. That way I'm super present with the kids. So the morning routine is huge. My workout time is huge. That doesn't happen every single day, but prioritizing 80% of the days to have workout time. And then we absolutely need to get our sleep. If we find that something is keeping us up 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, I'm a nine- 9.30 p.m. sleep time person. I like live by that religiously. Again, whatever something keeps us up too late, that's the first thing on the chopping block because I know that when my alarm goes off at 4.45, I'm going to be hitting that snooze button and then I'm going to be showing up, you know, really just like rushed and feeling like I have to jump into my day without feeling so totally and fully prepared. The other thing that I actually do really frequently is I'll take short breaks. And those breaks, if the weather is nice, I'll go outside and try and get my feet on the ground, like literal grounding. I know so many benefits are shared in the health community about this exercise, but I've found even just going outside for 15 minutes in the middle of my day, I work at home in our home office. So just breaking it up a little bit, I think keeps my energy higher and kind of centers me to kind of go back inside and be like, okay, I have two little boys. There's going to be lots of screaming, lots of trucks banging together, lots of baseboards being hit with inanimate objects. That's happening. And so I, sometimes it just takes me a second. I just go collect my thoughts and I come right back in. So I'll typically schedule like two 15 minute breaks in my work and like mom life day to just get out there and just be by myself for a second. Yes. I think those are all super important things. Um, um, I also have a son. He is uh, going to be six actually on Sunday. And Aww. so I get the whole boy, everything's banging, everything's <laughs> screaming, like a thing. But uh, for me, I've noticed like a break in the middle of my day, right when I'm kind of reaching my afternoon, like I feel like I'm drowning in the day or I'm just like tired and don't want to do the afternoon. I go and get my workout done and it is like a total refresher for my day. And it's so just like wonderful to get that. So that kind of knocks out two of those things for me, a break and some sunshine and going and getting my workout in, but it's huge. And I think what you said to that mom about like having her kids be a part of the routine but also separate from it is super important. Kids will definitely like, if you talk to them and say, here's my boundary, like my mornings are for me and we're not going to like come out of your room until seven o'clock. When this alarm goes off, you're welcome to come out of your room. But until then, like you're welcome to hang out, read books, do something. Kids understand it when you set those boundaries for them and it actually helps them like, I think, see that you're prioritizing yourself 
which then, you know, they grow up knowing that that's okay. And it's not selfish to take time for yourself and those things. It teaches really good habits. I think that way. Mm, I totally agree. And you know, the earlier you can begin with developing some of those boundaries, the better, like my sons, they don't know any different than waiting till 7am to come out of the bedroom. And for me, that actually makes things a little bit simpler as they grow. And now might there be other circumstances where they get sick or Frank really has to go pee or something like that? Like, yeah, probably. But those are going to be few and far between. And I think the best habits aren't the ones that are never broken. They're the ones that feel really integrated into the person you really want to be and that you're hitting them 80, 90% of the time, right? And it feels really simple to do. So I think like we shouldn't worry about getting it 100% right all the time, but we can do these little tiny tweaks or, you know, implement these these small things to make a really big difference, right? Um, something that we use actually with our kids, both for nap time and for bedtime is the Hatch um, sound machine. And that is by far my number one most recommended baby product of all time. And I get zero kickback from recommending this product. But like the light literally will change. So the color, if you set it to a specific time, it'll say like it's, you know, white while the baby's sleeping and while they need to be in their, um, in their bed and it'll be a nice low light. And then when they're allowed to get up out of their bed, it can turn green. We like, I mean, I can't even recommend that enough for just like studying that boundary. And it's not mom coming in and being like, no, you can't get out of your room, right? It's this like thing that functions. It's almost like a little clock for them, right? To be able to tell, is it time that I can get up yet? And I love these little systems for parents and these little ways that the kids feel like they can access some sort of like, I made a decision here, right? Like I'm going to get up and I'm going to get my book. And then now I know it's time to get up, right? Without needing to like interact with mom. I think it builds confidence. Um, we're still super early on in the process. So like, this is just what I know to be working for me right now. And I'm sure that as I grow as a mom and as my kiddos grow as individuals, I'm going to find new and exciting ways or perhaps be challenged in some of the things that I'm currently doing. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. It's a, always an ongoing process as your kids <laughs> get older and, you know, they're figuring out themselves too throughout the process or, you know, things change within your business or whatever. It's always going to be changing, but it does mm -hmm. sound like, I mean, I've never heard of that, but that is so genius for those young kids that, you know, can't tell time yet. Mm -hmm. It's a great tool to be able to just like use for that system that you put in place. It sounds like you and your husband also come at it from a very much a team perspe perspective of things, which is great too, especially as a mompreneur. It is so nice to feel like you're not alone in that and you've got a partner there to help support you in a lot of different ways too. Yeah, you know, there is no way that things would be going as well as they are going with my family and in my business if my husband was not as supportive as he is. Um, and I think I was actually speaking about this with a mom earlier. Um, and we were talking about just some of the expectations around like moms versus dads, right? And, you know, moms get held to this really high regard and, um, you know, all of these things. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We get a lot of pressure from external sources, other women, other moms, peers, friends, et cetera, right? 
And then dads are kind of put in this, you know, box of, well, we just expect that they're going to slack off. And so anything above doing anything at all is like, oh my goodness, dad, look at him showing up. And I think that, wow, he's such a great dad. (laughs) I know. And so it's really interesting because I don't want to belittle the effort that dads make, but I also want to acknowledge like there are some killer dads out there. There are some amazing partners, my partner included. And really, we need to be understanding that dad isn't just a babysitter for when mom is away. Dad isn't just somebody that does the dishes on occasion because mom is too busy. Dad is an equal partner and equal decision maker and equal exciting piece of this family unit that we've built together. And I think like with all the pressure on mom, we have kind of a, a a big duty, I guess, to say is to kind of like release that and say like, look, I don't need to be the person to host the family calendar. I don't need to be the person who falls on the sword every single night to do the dishes and clean up, right? Start to relinquish some of that control because I know a lot of moms and I fall in this camp too, who really like that control over the schedule and over the home chores and over all of the things that are going on, the doctor's appointments the school pickups and all the stuff. But like really when we start to invite others in to actually support us, I think we'd all be surprised at how many people would really step up and show up, including our partners. Um, There's so many relationships out there that do, they feel really one-sided once they become parents. And um, I think as a mompreneur, one of the biggest things I said to my husband very early on. And he had just got out of the military. I was three years into running my business. It still relied very heavily on me in our first um, kind of experience with maternity leave with my first son. And I remember being so stressed. I was just like, I'm the sole income provider and I'm doing all the benefits and we have this little baby and I don't know what I'm doing. And I just remember a lot of like feeling this responsibility on me. And I said to him the one day, I was like, look, I don't know what I need right now, but I really need you to help me figure it out because a lot of this feels really overwhelming. And I remember literally from that day on, I'm not going to say I haven't cooked a meal, (laughs) but I have cooked very few meals since that day. I used to be the predominant meal cooker when my husband was in the military, when we were first married for six years. And then all of a sudden, like overnight, he was like, you know what? I've realized that Allie feels less stressed with all of the things that are on her plate when she's fed and when she sleeps. So those are going to be my first two big things. And you want to know what? It made the biggest difference. And all I did was say, I don't know what I want, but I need you to help me. So he just started to troubleshoot. And then the food really stuck because I was like, you know what? Dinner's the last thing on my mind right now, but I really need to eat. And so it was like this whole thing. Um, But I think, I think moms would be surprised at, you know, folks coming out of the woodwork to step up and help them if they would just ask. But that's the hardest part of it is like relinquishing that control and asking for help. I think those are two things that moms, especially mompreneurs, really struggle with because we feel so invested in everything that we do, which is great. Um, But it can also be at our own, you know, detriment um, where we're harming ourselves more than helping ourselves in that process. So when you got to that point where you were like, you know, three years into your business, you still felt like everything was on you business-wise, 
you know, bringing in income for your family. Plus you were also trying to plan for, you know, pregnancy and maternity leave. How did you start to kind of work through that so that you could take off maternity leave? Because that's a huge thing for mompreneurs is like feeling like they can't step away from those things or being stressed the entire time that they're gone about how income's going to come in, how they're going to continue running their business, how they're going to do all of those things. Yeah. So uh, I'll say my very first brush with maternity leave um, came in August of 2020 when we had our first son and I was sitting in the hospital. I remember um, we had just had Frank and we got moved from the delivery room to the overnight room where we were going to stay. And to that point, I hadn't had a photo taken of me and my new baby boy. So Steve, my husband goes ahead and he snaps this photo. My hair is like still totally messy from just giving birth. And I was like in the gown and the whole nine and he's like sleeping in my arms. And just after that photo was taken and we felt like we were settled into the room that we would be spending the night in. I put my sleeping son in the bassinet and I picked up my phone and I started answering Slack messages. And I, at the time, transparently, I had this like badge of honor. I was like, look how committed I am to my business. I'm like answering Slack messages and client emails in the hospital bed just after having my son. And in the back of my mind, I was kind of like bullshit. Like that's that's not actually, you're not actually proud of this. This is actually a very literal representation of you picking up your business and choosing working over your child. And in that moment, I was like, I can't start this relationship off this way. I really need to get better at deciding to create a business that can support my family life and not the other way around. Because in those early postpartum months, when kind of things started seeping in and I was being pulled really reluctantly back into my business because I needed it to provide for my family, I started to resent it. And I started to resent the fact that like my husband wasn't bringing in income. I started to resent the fact that I felt like I needed to do all the things, care for the baby and clean the house and do all the stuff. And so then I thought to myself, I was like, well, what should I do? So naturally I took to Google, right? And I'm like, well, surely there are resources for moms who are in business and have babies. And the short answer is there aren't. We don't get a maternity leave. Nobody gives it to us. We don't get PTO time, right? Like we just, that's doesn't, it doesn't exist for us. And so we need to really be intentional about creating that. And so what I did was I basically went through a complete audit of how is my business functioning? What does my model look like? How much time do I really want to work versus how much time do I want to spend with my family? What does my financial situation need to look like? How much money do we need to be bringing in per month? And about what type of profit does that look like? And what team really looks to support me? And who do we have right now? So I just kind of broke everything apart. And one of the biggest shifts I made was I was working a lot one-on-one -on -one with my clients. I was doing lots of operations implementation. I was building out brand new systems for them. I was building out technology, ways of managing projects, ways of managing leads, automations. I mean, you name it, I did it. And one of the best things I ever did was use maternity leave as an opportunity to recreate 
the new version of how I wanted my business to look to support my family. And I think that's the opportunity that maternity leave does actually bring to a mom is you get to kind of take this like interesting break from the day to day, although it is challenging, right? You, you've got the sleepless nights, you've got tons of feeding, you've got weird hormones. And I mean, by God, we just get so sweaty, like in the postpartum period. Let me just say that was something I was not prepared for. Um, but my goodness, it was challenging. But at the same time, I felt like I was almost like floating above life, if that makes any sense. I was like not participating in like normal social cues. Like I just got this like excuse to be totally and fully me for like a hot second. And I feel like it's brought me both times I've taken leave with my sons so much clarity around like what I really need and what isn't serving me and what kind of business really brings me joy. Because I'll tell you something, and I've noticed this with a lot of moms that I've worked with and especially professionals and business owning moms is that when we leave our children, we're making an impact. We don't leave our children to just go do some job or go run some business that we hate. We leave our children because we know that we're creating a better life for them in the time that we spend away from them. And so that's something that was super important for me to create both in my service business operations agency and for everyone I'm serving with maternity leave planning is really just helping people say, okay, I would leave my child for a short period of time to go and make this type of impact, right? I would run this type of business. It brings me joy. It fills up others. It brings me financial security. And I love it. And I think for a lot of business owning moms, that's just not true for them. And it becomes less true when they feel pulled in this direction of, this thing that they really love, their baby, the thing that they want to spend the most time with. And I think, you know, sometimes, I mean, I hear this all the time, but like everyone says, you know, my business is my baby, right? And my thought is, is like, when does the business grow up, right? When does the business become the capable adolescent? And when does the business become the thriving adult, right? We can really create structure and a path for the business to be able to function almost entirely without the input of mom. Wow. I think you said so many good things there. I, I, I love that you talk about the resentment that builds when you're trying to do everything all by yourself, it feels like, and how that can really impact like not only your work, but your home life too, and the people around you and being more intentional with that relationship that you're building I, I love that you say it was like a badge of honor to be on your Slack right after because I feel like that's the hustle and work culture that we're living in right now is feeling like you get that badge of honor by proving, you know, how hard you work, how, how um, you know, it, it's just this whole thing. But I do think that that leave time is so good because it does force that perspective on you of like okay what's actually important what do I actually need to be doing to move my business forward because I feel like so often we kind of get lost in the monotonous of life whether that's at home or in our business 
And we forget the things that are actually pushing us forward and actually moving us towards our goals. And those are the things that we should actually be spending time on instead of all of these monotonous, repetitive tasks. And how can we actually like either, you know, give those to somebody else, like we were talking about, you know, being able to, you know, relinquish some of that control to somebody else, whether that's hiring somebody, asking your partner for help, whatever, so that we can do the things that are actually going to push us forward. Yes, I can't even echo enough that, I mean, a lot of times moms feel like they have to do it themselves, everything themselves. And I think it's challenging to give up some of the control. It's challenging to ask for help. It's challenging to invite in other voices, other hands. Um, but I think if you know what's important and you can remain confident that you are the best mom for your child, a lot of the other stuff just starts to kind of figure itself out. It really does. Um, yeah, I think that's so, so important. So as you were like in that kind of maternity leave, you got that kind of forced perspective. What were some of the changes that you made once you came back to work? And what did that look like for you when you went into your second second pregnancy and maternity leave? Was there any significant changes that happened between the two? Oh, yeah. So within 17 months of having Frank and then um, having Jack, our second son, um, we switched from a one-on-one -on -one model to a one-to-many model. Um, we have a bit more of a productized um, type of service at operations agency, one that doesn't rely on me entirely to run. We created standard operating procedures, um, quality assurance and quality control for delivery, um, amazing training for an amazing team. Um, I have a leadership team now that runs a lot of the ways that we manage our, our current client load and the way that we connect them with resources. And um, really, my main kind of driver at operations agency these days is just connecting. Um, a lot of what I do during my day, which is something I really do love doing, is just connecting with other business owners, doing workshops. Um, I'm invited to speak in several communities around operations. And so that's a lot of what I'm doing for that business now. And you know, as it grows, there will likely also be evolutions where I'm not doing a lot of the sales and marketing efforts, right? But right now, that's kind of where, you know, my role, my main role lies and do lots and lots of teaching. And so when I went out with Jack, I remember we had services totally shored up. All I needed to do was kind of front load my marketing and it was really fun. I like booked a lot more connection chats and I was able to kind of front load our calendar and book us out for three entire months. And the craziest thing actually was that by leveraging the leave itself and saying like, hey, listen, you know, we actually won't be able to take on any new clients by this point or whatever. It gave a lot of people some incentive to say, okay, I'm going to either commit to this time or commit to this time. So our production calendar got so much more streamlined and the way that we resource plan behind the scenes, which was actually one of the biggest bottlenecks um, to me kind of getting out 
out of services. So we had an entirely different structure over there. Um, we had a lot more cash planning, which actually was probably the most helpful for me um, because where my brain always goes is like, do we have enough money to cover that? Do we have enough money to cover that? Especially in those early years, right? When it's kind of just you and a, and a hope and a prayer and you're like, goodness, I hope this works out. Um, but we got way more discipline with our financial planning. One that I felt like I could actually go out on leave and continue to pay my salary and actually take the time off and have the business be able to afford that. So that was huge. And then the final thing that I really did was I provided some visibility for myself so that I could quiet that little voice in my head that asks, is everything going okay? So I set up a little dashboard with all of the you know quick metrics that I needed to make sure that everything was fine, right? How much cash do we have on hand? How many clients do we currently have? Where's everybody's projects at, right? Like where, where are we at with everything? And then that way, if I wanted, I could check at 2 a.m. while I was doing a feeding, right? Like I could just quickly look instead of like feeling like I had to wait and then I didn't know what the information was before I would like text Lauren on my team or whatever, right? So those three big pieces, creating the repeatable system so that I could get out of delivery, making sure that the cash situation was really short up, and then also creating some visibility on how the business was performing so that I didn't need to bother my team with questions or jump in a meeting to get something unpacked. Um, it was excellent. And then on my task list, I was content creator. I was workshop preparer. So what I did was I just did a bunch of workshops ahead of time and kind of front loaded my schedule. And then I booked a bunch for when I came back and it really did it. It worked out really seamlessly. We booked out our calendar for the three months that I decided to take off. And uh, the really great thing I think about my second leave was I did realize that I wanted to work a little bit like I wanted to write content and I wanted to be in a position where I felt like I could do our blogs and I could do like some of that stuff. It really felt like it brought me a lot of joy and a lot of um, excitement around contributing. And that was an excellent opportunity because I really found out what I loved doing in my business. I found out what I would do, right? If it meant, you know, again, leaving my little one for a little while, right? And so that was a really important time because now in the structure and evolution of how even this year has gone with my business, I released a book this year. I got super, super clear on, I love writing. And then so when we planned 2023, after we had our son in 2022, I was like, I'm going to write a book this year. And happy to say book is here. It's out. It's available on Amazon. So had I never had that experience and just saying, wow, if I didn't just pick up writing during the maternity leave and like actually feel like that, you know, really satiated my soul. I was like, I probably never would have picked this project up and it never would have amplified the brand the way it did. So I do personally believe that maternity leave and all of its gifts and all of its struggles is perhaps one of the greatest leadership experiences that a person can go through. And, and if we really treat it with some care and some intention, we can extract some of the most incredible things about ourselves, and then really usher in this like new reality for, for us and for our family. I love that so much. And I think it just goes to show that being a mom in business is such an asset for us you know mm -hmm. that perspective that you get during that time but also like the way that you know it helped your business by saying you know like here are some dates I'm gonna be gone so you yeah, guys like available. better figure it out like <laughs> and yeah. then kind of like put some sort of an urgency onto it but I think 
I think the world likes to show being a mom and being an entrepreneur as these two very separate things and it's hard to bring them together but you you were able to show that it is such an asset and we can be both great mothers and set that time time aside to be with our families and you know be a part of our children's lives as they grow up but also be amazing business owners and see the growth and that impact that you were talking about and be able to you know show our kids that they can do that as they grow and get older too is have an impact in the world because they've seen their mom do it you know Absolutely. I do believe that becoming a parent has skills. Like you learn skills from becoming a parent that are directly transferable into your business. And I also think that you learn, I was actually just sharing this with a fellow mompreneur earlier today. I said, I feel like all of the personal and professional development that I've had to go through running my own business, right? Believing in yourself, digging really deep, hustling harder, going farther than other people would be willing to go has taught me a lot about me and has also been really helpful during really challenging times in motherhood, right? Times where I've had to be really self-reflective and say, did I actually approach that situation in the best possible way that I could have approached it? And I think a lot of what I've learned over the years of running my business, managing different types of people, having to get really resourceful when there aren't that many resources available to you, right? Like you learn those skills and then really they apply directly being a parent. They they do. And I think there's so much to be said about the gift of these two roles acting in conjunction with one another. Absolutely. That was so beautifully said. Um, well, I think this has been such a wonderful and helpful conversation um, to wrap things up a little bit here. For the moms that are out there trying to do it all, trying to be the best mom that they can, trying to run these businesses, what tips, tricks, tools, anything like that do you have to help them be the most confident version of themselves in all of those areas? Yeah. If you're a parentpreneur right now in the thick of it, if you're like, how am I able to juggle being a mom and being a business owner? Things feel really chaotic. Um, I have a checklist. It's a baseline assessment that you can get your hands on. It's at allisoncaffrey.com slash checklist. It'll give you a really, really good baseline of where you are right now and what potentially you may need to just spend some time working on if you want to just kind of control the chaos that is running a business and running a family. A lot of what I focus on is on key habits. Um, You can follow me over on my Instagram. I talk about it all the time. It's at Allie Caffrey. Um, I share lots of tips and tricks that I literally do inside of my own home. Um, And if you DM me checklist, I'll just send it right to your inbox. The best thing that you can do, I think, as a parentpreneur, whether you're expecting a brand new little one or whether you have little ones at home already and you kind of just feel like everything is a little chaotic, is really just take a good solid inventory of where we're spending our time. Because kids demand a lot of time, businesses demand a lot of time, and it's never going to be the case that we're going to get more time back in our day, even though we wish we could have some more back. So we need to be really intentional with where we spend that time. And oftentimes, even when I work with folks, and this is founders of eight-figure organizations, I'll ask them, I'll be like, did you have too much to drink? 
Did you eat too much refined sugar? Is this pouring into your leadership capabilities for today? It might seem that simple and sometimes it just is. This might mean letting go of habits that don't serve you, like you know, drinking and eating things that don't serve. It could look like going out and moving your body more so that you feel like you have more energy to approach your day. This could look like actually telling somebody who feels like they suck a lot of energy out of you, no, I'm not available for this conversation today. I'd like to maybe table this for another time where I feel like I have some more bandwidth. And just being able to confidently say, this is my time and I'm going to use it to build the family and the business that I really desire. I think that is such a powerful statement right there. And that's what we're all trying to do, right? We're all just trying to build those the life that we desire um, in all of the different ways. So thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with us. I think it is a super important conversation to have and just going to be so helpful to so many of the mompreneurs out there. So um, I know you just shared a couple of the resources that you have available, but do you want to share where to find you, um, your Instagram handle, your website, all of the resources um, you have available, any programs that you have available, all of the things? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm most commonly on Instagram. You can follow me at Ali Caffrey. It's A-L-Y. Um, a lot of folks always are searching me A-L-I and I'm like, no, no, no. Um, so yeah, Ali Caffrey and then AllisonCaffrey.com is my um, website. That's where I have a lot of resources for parentpreneurs. And if you are an expecting mom in business, um, you're welcoming your very first or maybe your second little one into the home and you kind of like white knuckled it through that first leave. Um, I have an amazing resource. It's called Master Maternity Leave. If you go to mastermaternityleave.com slash plan, you can get my ultimate planning guide. It is absolutely free. So go download it. There's a handful of trainings in there, some checklists and a bunch of worksheets you can go through to really start to consider what might this look like for me? What do I need to really you know, get my mind around and how might I start planning this? Because nobody expects you to get it 100% right, but there are resources and I've done this really, really recently. And these things helped me tremendously between my first leave and my second leave. Perfect. We will make sure to include those links to the checklist and to the pregnancy and maternity leave resources. So if you guys want those, just check out the uh, description below and you can find those. Thank you so much again for coming on, Allie. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Y'all, wasn't that just incredible? Thank you for being here with me today. And if you loved this episode, please leave us a review and share and tag us on all your socials. We'll see you next time.